I was listening to a preacher preach this week, and he said, talking about David in Psalms, where David confessed his sin before the Lord. And he said, sometimes you have to pull the scab off in order for God to cleanse you. And that's what I'm here for this morning. January the 7th, 2004, my grandfather had ordered a DVD online of Brother Phil Kidd preaching, Leaving the Luxuries of Lucifer's Palace. Now, I grew up in church. I didn't have a choice. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night. Every time the doors were open, we were sitting on the second or third row to the front, and I was right underneath his arm. And, uh, but growing up in church, about nine years old, a lady came to my grandfather one day and said, Brother Jennings, would you mind if I worked with Haley singing a little bit? And his exact words were, she can't carry a tune in a bucket, but you can try. Thanks a lot, doll. <laughs> so he started, she started working with me, and uh, I really, really grew to have a passion for singing. It's kind of like my outlet, you know? And uh, my grandfather had ordered that DVD. We were sitting in the living room. He's 14 years old. And I got under so much conviction, I couldn't hardly breathe. I felt like my heart was going to beat out of my chest. And I cried. Like I, like I said, I don't know if you saw the video on Facebook where I gave my testimony this week, but literally. At first, I was mad because he was making me watch it. And then my heart started beating really fast, and then I started crying uncontrollably. And finally, because I realized I wasn't saved, I mean, I looked the part. I went to church. Every time the doors were open, I played the piano. I sang. Everybody thought I was a Christian. I looked at him that day, and I said, Da, I need to be saved. No, I'm not saved. We got down on our knees in the living room at the coffee table, and he took his Bible that was duct taped together because he had read it so much. <laughs> and he led me to the Lord right there in the living room, January the 7th, 2004, at 14 years old. Now, fast forward. I was always that person growing up that uh, I wasn't necessarily the best person to go to as far as if you needed pity. If you came to me and I'm having a tough time. I'm doing this. I'd think, well, you know what? Life is hard. Suck it up. It's hard. You just got to deal with it. But that all changed as I got older. I used to be very judgmental towards people that dealt with depression and anxiety because I thought, hey, I've always sucked it up, dealt with it. But as you get older, life happens. It gets harder to just suck it up and deal with it. Life is hard with God. It's even harder without him. When you're living for the Lord, things come your way. And you have that source that you can go to. You can pray. And it's like even in the midst of a bad situation where everything is going wrong, you just have peace. There is no way to explain it other than you're saved. You're Christian. You have that source that you go to. You're hooked up to that source. But when you're not living for God, things start going wrong. You don't feel like you have any hope. October, two years ago, 
Y'all have seen me up here sing before. Um, I'm sure you've thought, what happened to her? She's in and out, in and out, in and out. Two years ago, I stopped living for the Lord. I'm going to get up here and sing. Profess that I was living for God. I knew all the right words to say. You just know what to say when you grow up in church and you're around those people all the time. You know, you know the right thing to say and the right things to do in public. But I got away from the Lord. And um, October the 22nd, 2017, I sat down because life had just done got too hard and I couldn't handle it anymore. I thought I couldn't. I was away from the Lord, and I started writing out letters to my family, my mom, my grandpa, to everybody that loved me, to let them know that I was sorry. I just couldn't do it anymore. That's an ugly truth. And if it had not been for my children... I have three beautiful boys, and if it had not been for them, I probably would have done something stupid. You know, that girl that used to say, suck it up. Life is hard. Deal with it. I don't feel that way anymore. I didn't do anything crazy at that time. Now, Satan, God placed a call on my life when I was 16 years old at a missionary institute. I'll never forget it. And uh, Satan, had he had his way, I would have took my own life in October of 2017. Now, it would have surprised everybody because I was that girl that had a smile on my face. That, it was a, that if I would have done something crazy like that, everybody would have thought, oh, gosh, not her. But here's the deal with depression. You can be surrounded by people and still feel alone. You can have 2,000 Facebook friends all your friends at church, your family, who's right there by you, and they can tell you, you know, I love you, I'm here for you. But you can still feel alone. I was in deep, dark depression because I had moved away from God. So when things started going wrong, I didn't have that source to turn to. I had the source to turn to, but I grew up being taught that you don't, you know, when you're not living for God... Well, let me just say this. Whenever I wasn't living for the Lord, I felt bad about going to him and asking him for things or asking him for help to deal with it because I felt like that he would, that he would be like, you know you're not living for me. Why should I do this for you? And that was the attitude that I had towards that. I'm not saying it was right. That's the attitude I had towards that. But now, I realized in October that I needed help. And so I started going to see a counselor once a week, talking about it. By the way, at this time, I had decided that God wasn't real, that everything I had ever been raised to believe was a joke, you know, that if God was real, everything that's happened in life wouldn't happen. And I got very mad and bitter. I started, I started going to see his counselor, and I started talking about my past, my childhood. 
about everything that had happened. And in the time, that is what God used to save my life, that outlet for me, being able to talk about it and get it out and not keeping it all bottled up. Now, I came back to church right before that, and I got upset. And I can remember Katrina walking up to me at the gym, trying to talk to me about the Lord. And I said, I, I said a few choice words, and I was like, I don't want to hear it. Don't come to me with that God stuff. And, but she continued to love on me, despite the fact that I was very bitter towards God and had a bad attitude. We didn't talk about church. But she was good to me. We would train at the gym, and she just kind of loved on me. God used that to soften my heart. And I've never, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I really appreciate that. Because it was a, something that I needed. And I'm glad that you didn't get mad at me when I had a bad attitude towards you and towards your church and that you kept Loving on me, being Christ-like when I wasn't. A couple, I don't know, about two or three months ago, I found myself doing things and saying things that I never thought I'd do, going places I never thought I would go. And the bottom line is this, whenever you're in sin, you're really just looking for something to fill that void. The problem is when you lay down at night, the void is still there, and you feel even more guilty. It gets worse. So I decided about two months ago, I'm like, okay, my life is spiraling out of control because I know what's right. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know where I'm supposed to be. And I thought, I'll stop going back to church. I'll start going. My kids like it out there at New Life, so I'll start going back out there, only for my kids because they like children's church. I like being here. Y'all are good to my kids. So that was my, in my mind, my reason for coming back out here. But it's been a month ago. I was sitting about midway back right over here, and Kelsey got up to sing. And if you're here that Sunday morning, it's just one for the books. You just can't forget it. She got up here, and she let the Lord use her. And I'm telling you, when everybody started standing up, I was holding on to the back of them chairs thinking, I'm not doing it. I'm not crying. I'm not going forward. Just not doing this. Oh, but yes, I was. Because I was tired of running, and I knew where I needed to be. And thank you for allowing God to use you, because had you not allowed God to use you that day, I probably wouldn't be standing here right now. And I finally let go. They always say the first step is the hardest, and it is. I let go. I come down here. Katrina come down, and she knelt down beside me, and she said, is there anything specific that you want to pray about? And I said, well, I was crying. I said, I'm just tired of running. I'm just tired of running. I was tired of running. I made things right with the Lord four weeks ago today. I rededicated my life back to the Lord. And... um. You know, when, you, when you're living for God and you get up in the morning, you just feel like you have a purpose. When you're not living for God, you just feel like you get up and you're just going throughout the day. Just get through this day. Get through the next day. 
But it is so different when you're living for God because you wake up and you think, what does God have in store for me today? It gives you a purpose. And I know God placed a call on my life. He saved me when I was 14. He placed a call on my life whenever I was 16. There is no doubt in my mind of that. I am as sure of that as I am that my birthday is May 18th. And like I told Katrina a month ago when I said, I'm just tired of running. And the next day she said something along the lines of in a text message, or maybe it was that evening, one or the other, and she said something like, glad you finally took off your running shoes. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Because I feel like a load has been lifted, and I feel like I can pray and I have access now because there is not all that hindrance there in my life. I'm not saying that we have to live a perfect life, but if you're a Christian and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, Whenever you are doing wrong, the Holy Spirit is telling you, you know, you ought not be doing this. You know, you ought not be doing this. And you can try to drown it out. And y'all, when I decided I didn't believe in God, I thought, oh, I've been raised to believe this stuff my whole life. I'm even talking to myself, telling myself that this stuff ain't right. (laughs) You know, trying to deny the fact that it was the Holy Spirit dealing with me. I'm thankful for God's grace and his mercy. And I'm thankful that When we've messed up, he's right there. He's just right there. You know, the Bible talks about the prodigal son, and I believe it's in Luke. And it says that the father, now I've heard it preached a bunch of different ways. I've heard people say that he was lost. He went out lost and come back and got saved. Me personally, and I've heard it preached all different kind of ways, I believe that that was his father. I believe it signifies to me when I read it, the Lord speaks to me, and I believe it was a Christian. I believe he was a Christian. And he got away. He got out of the Father's house. Kind of like when you get away from God. And the first step is you don't start out just by quitting church. You start out by stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. And then you stop going to church. That the devil doesn't just come in and take you by storm and you just quit all at once. It's, start, it's a daily process of things that happen that get you to that point. That is why now in the mornings when I get up, because I have a little bit of quiet time before my three kids' feet hit the floor, I'll get in there and the whole time that I'm getting ready, I pray. And I listen to a preacher on YouTube, Brother, Brother Phil Kidd. And, uh, and that is what I have to do That's what I have to do to start my day out right, to do my best to stay on track this time because I know Satan would love nothing more than for me to have taken my life in October of 2017 because he knew, well, I don't know if he knew this or not. God knew this, but Satan knew if I was living for God that he had it coming because I was about to fight for the Lord. I have three kids look up to me. Satan knows if he can keep me down, that if he can keep me defeated, then that's three kids following in my footsteps. But I refuse, refuse to give him that victory in my life. I refuse it. You know, the prodigal son, it never said that the father left the house and went out to him. Never said that. But he did say whenever he was, I believe he was standing on his front porch every day looking out because it said he saw him coming. He 
saw him coming down the road. And guess what he did? He ran. He fell down. And, you know, here's the deal. In that day, the tradition was when somebody would rebel and come back, he could have every right to put his foot on his neck. And, and that child would be as a servant. But he didn't. He fell down and he kissed him. And he said, bring the robe, bring the ring, kill the fatted calf. My son, once dead, is now he's alive. He was gone. He's back. It was something that that father had been just waiting on. Because here's the deal in sin. You can witness to people. You can talk to them. You can love on them when they're in sin. But you cannot repent for them. They have to reach a point where they're sick of it. I'm just sick of it. Before, their life can turn around. You can't reach that point for somebody. So I'm thankful that on January the 7th, 2004, God saved me. Two years later, God called me. I knew what my calling was at that point. And then four weeks ago, I took off my running shoes. (laughs) So I wanted to, um, before I sang, I felt it would be appropriate that I get up here and give a bit of my testimony because I know that there have been people that have watched my life and I've let them down. And for that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I ask that this church forgives me. God has forgiven me. He paid the price when he sent his son to die on that cross. He paid the price. The payment has already been paid for your sin because it says the wages of sin is death. That means what you deserve for your sin is death and a devil's hell. But the story doesn't end that way. (laughs) It don't end that way. It don't end with us defeated. Instead, he sent his son to die on the cross to be the atonement for our sins. And whenever he looks at us, all of our mess, if you're Christian, he sees his precious blood. Woo, that's something to be excited about. <laughs> I hope this has been a blessing to you. I know it has been freeing for me. So, Brother Joey. Now and then, an old friend of mine that I've not seen for some time Will stop by and ask me, Hey, where you've been? What's on your mind? They wonder why I'm not drinking and still painting this old town red. I tell them. I'm serving Jesus now And the old man is dead And the man you see before you May look a lot the same I may wear the same clothes And have the same old name 
you're looking on the outside if you could see inside instead you'd see a brand new man cause the old man is dead I used to live wicked life I had no hope inside I was lost in darkness just searching for a light and then one night in a little church After hearing what the preacher said I gave my life to Jesus And the old man was dead And the man you see before you same old name But you're looking on the outside If you could see inside instead You would see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead. Yes, the man you see before you, he may look a lot the same. I still wear the same clothes. I have the same old If you could see inside instead You would see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead You're looking on the outside But if you could see inside instead You'd see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead Father God, I want to just thank you right now 
for being here with us in a way, God, that uh, I really didn't see coming. And I just, I thank you for the way that you've used Haley today and just her to be able to tell her story. And I thank you, God, for the way that it touches lives. And I ask you, Lord, today that you would use this so that you'd be glorified, not any of us, but that you'd be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to preach this morning. I'm going to let you take what's been given today and I'm going to let you use it. And I'm going to let you I'm going to let you chew on that for a little while. You know, uh, it's not ever easy to stand up and say that you're wrong about doing anything. It's not ever easy. I've had to do it many times. And whenever you know that Jesus Christ loves you, you know that He cares, you know that He's willing to Go the extra mile for you. It makes you understand who Jesus is completely. And it opens your eyes to a new revelation of who He is. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And as far as I'm concerned, you're forgiven. I just, uh, I just wish we were all courageous enough. To stand up and say that I'm sorry and I was wrong. I wish we all were that courageous. So Father, as you take what's been done today, I pray that it wouldn't stop. I pray that it would be a spring of water breaking forth into eternal life into every person that hears it. God, if it wasn't for you being gracious... I know that I couldn't stand here as a pastor and preach. <laughs> but because you were willing to forgive me. It's the only reason why I feel that, that I'm even worthy enough to get here, get up here and preach or even open your word. It's just like it's already been said, God, when you're wrong, when you're living a life of sin, when you're living a life that's wrong. You know it. You don't need anybody to tell you. You know it. And Lord, that's that, that prodding that David wrote about in Psalm 23. He said he takes his rod. He corrects me with that rod. And he takes that rod and he pulls it. Puts it around our neck and he pulls us back. And Lord, God, when we're getting pulled on by the neck, it doesn't feel good. It's not fun. We don't enjoy it. God, I just pray that every one of us will look deep into our own hearts and ask ourselves the question that Jesus asked. Whichever one of you is without sin, cast the first stone. Give us courage and give us strength, Lord, to admit our wrongs, to face our wrongs. Because God, in that, in that very thing, that, is where freedom is found. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, can we... Uh, no. You're not wrong. You know, guys, uh, when Jesus when Jesus works, when the Holy Spirit works, uh, it's better that we try not to add to it or take away from it. And uh, that's what I'm going to do today. I didn't realize it was going to happen. That things were going to happen like this today. But I'm I'm glad the Lord's the author, and He's not not me. That's what I'm thankful for. So if you will let the Lord lead you and guide you and direct you, if you'll let Him minister to your heart, and if he, if you'll let Him come alive inside of you. He can change you, and He can change you for the better. Absolutely, 100%. You guys see a shirt that I'm wearing here. On the back of it, it says, I am the church. You know, I get tired of, uh, I get tired of going to church. I get tired of just going to church. And it's time for us to get sick of going to church. It's time for us to stop saying, hey, I want, I'm, a, I'm a member of New Life Church. Forget that junk. All right? Forget that. You're a member of God's church. There's just a name out there on Peach Orchard Road where a bunch of people gather, okay? Quit worrying about being a member of somebody's church. You're, you're a member of God's church, okay? And if you're not a member of God's church, you need to be. You need to be. How do I become a member? I had somebody ask me this morning. They, they wanted to become a member of this church. I said, well, are you saved? They said, yeah. I said, well, guess what? You're already a member. That's just how easy that it is. You know, God doesn't, nowhere in the Bible does God require you to sign a roll or walk the plank and let a church agree on who you are. That's not what it is. The Bible says that God adds to the church, it's not men. And there's one role that you need to be concerned about having your name on, and that role, I told you I wasn't going to preach, I was fixing to dismiss. But there was, <laughs> there's one role that you need to be concerned with that your name is on, and that's the Lamb's Book of Life. And if your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life, that's the only role you need to be concerned about. Amen. These shirts right here, uh, the church is not making any money on, but every year we put out a new shirt just for you to have and wear. And uh, we just thought that it's a good idea to put uh, I am the church on it. And when somebody asks you what that means, tell them what I just told you. We don't belong and we're not a member of a church. We are just the church. Because wherever you are, that's where ministry happens. That's where it's at. We should never get to the point to where we think that worship starts at 1045 on Sunday mornings. Shouldn't happen that way. Worship happens wherever and whenever we are. Amen? And so when you walk away from here today, you'll see a pile of shirts out there. If you want one, you have to buy it. Okay? You, it's 10 bucks up to an extra large, $12 over that. Okay? If it runs out before you get out there, uh, we're going to be writing names down and we'll, we'll, we'll order you one. Okay? So... Uh, Check it out out there if you want one. No obligation. You don't have to. But if you want to be in the club, you got to get a shirt. <laughs> hey, I love all of you. I love you. And I'm thankful that we worship together in a place where the Lord reigns and He alone is King. Let's give Him a round of applause, huh? Wednesday night... 6.30, uh, we'll be here for Bible study, men's groups, women's groups, come and be with us. Uh, also, 5.30, there will be a, a, a supper that will be served in the back. We want you to come and be a part. All of you that had part in uh, the VBS last week, everything that went on, thank you for being a part of that. Uh, we had 50 volunteers volunteering for 
uh, VBS this time. And it was, I have to say, it was the smoothest run VBS uh, that, that, we, that, we've ever, that I've ever been a part of. And, uh, and I'm going to just embarrass a person real quick. All right, Christy McKenzie, uh, stand up for us. If you would, come up here and twirl around like a ballerina. Uh, Christy, Christy was one of our directors. It was her and Liz McVoy, which Liz is not here. And, and we, we just slipped out of here last week and did not. She said thank you to everybody, but we never told them thank you. And uh, so uh, we, as the church, we did. We bought them a medicure and a panic pedicure. Has she had them done, John, or is her toes still cutting you? She probably gave it to you to let you go get your toes fixed. It's probably what she done. But we did. We, we did that just to kind of thank them a little bit, just say thank you for what they did. But uh, we're grateful for that. All of you that pitched in and helped out, thank you. It was a blessing. And we're, we're thankful, thankful for you. Thank you for all that you've done. All of you that have helped out with uh, the Corson family, Miss Diane uh, tragically passed away, uh, and I say tragically because she's she's missed, uh, you know. And three, just three weeks ago, has it was it three weeks? I'm looking for Nikki. There you are, Nikki, Miss Bobby. Was it about three weeks ago she sang here with us? And uh, and I was so thankful that uh, she called me that morning. We we got to sing and play with her. That, that day, it was a blessing. And uh, all of you that pitched in to help out with food and taking it over and helping comfort that family, thank you for doing that. And uh, please remember the family. Just keep them in your prayers, okay? Just keep going and going by if you can or give them a call, any of those things. Just uh, stay in touch with them because we know if you've lost somebody, you know how it feels to lose somebody. It, it, uh, it hurts, and it takes a while, a long time, if ever, to get over it. All right? So... Without any further ado, I just want to say you're all dismissed in the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you all for coming. Thank Jesus. Amen.